Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast, where I go in-depth with the most intriguing people in the world of soccer. In this episode, I'm joined by Katie Nolan of the ESPN Plus show Always Late with Katie Nolan for a fun talk on how she got interested in soccer and became a diehard fan of Liverpool FC. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! A lot of our listeners spend time on the ESPN Plus streaming channel watching soccer, whether it's the Italian League or MLS or other leagues from around the world. And our guest today has a terrific show on ESPN Plus that you should check out if you haven't already. It's called Always Late with Katie Nolan. She is also a fan of Liverpool FC. And I'm tickled that she was up for coming on my podcast to talk about her interest in soccer. Katie Nolan, congrats on your show. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the kind words and for being tickled. I am tickled. (laughs) Because, like, it was kind of a shot in the dark, as I was telling you before we started recording. Uh, I I emailed your people. I see you post about soccer from Mm -hmm. time to time, about Liverpool, about Mohamed Salah. Um, And I'm just curious, how did you get into Liverpool? Well, um, you know, it's, it's no secret I'm a Boston fan from Boston uh, and I never really had uh, any interest in the Premier League because I didn't have a team. Uh, I'll watch anything but I always need to have a rooting interest whether it's like you know if I'm watching golf usually I'll be like maybe I should uh, gamble. I live in Jersey so it's allowed Uh, because you want to root for someone so Mm -hmm. when it came to needing to watch English, English Premier League soccer when I was at Fox because uh, they would be our lead-in, or Champions League's game sometimes would be, uh, I think they'd be right before us. I don't think they ever played after us. Mm-hmm. But we had to talk about, like, English soccer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a team or care uh, at all. So Georgie Thompson, who was the co-host of our show with the lovely Regis Philbin, um, she obviously was from England, and she assigned each of us a team. Oh. And so she gave me Liverpool. And huh. with that, she gave me a jersey. Which I was like, oh, awesome. This is cool because these are expensive. So I got to, uh, so that's how I got into them. And then I met Tom Werner because I interviewed him and he gave me a Liverpool hat. And he was like, Mm -hmm. you have to actually watch though. Like, I don't want you to be one of those fans that doesn't actually care. And I was like, no, no, I do, I do. So I was watching like, if some of the games would be on in the afternoon, I would watch those. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't waking up at 7 a.m. to watch the games. (laughs) And then I met my current boyfriend, and he happened to be a huge Liverpool fan. Oh, wow. So now I wake up at 7 a.m. and watch the games. Like all of them? All of them. Huh. That's impressive. Is so, it? I mean, you're, you're doing this at a good time, though, because Liverpool has a chance to win the league for the first time since 1990. Mm-hmm. And they've won a lot of leagues over the, like, decades and over the last century, but it's really been forever. Um, do you think they have a chance to win it based on what you've seen? You know, I don't. I, yes. Yes. Because I love my team. I love my coach. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know enough about the rest of the league entirely to know. Um, but I will say from what I've seen, yeah, I think they can. I think your opinion carries a little bit more weight, but you think they can do it. I think they can. I think See? they're capable. Don't. I do then think Manchester City is very, very good. Yeah, but... But Liverpool yeah, kind of had their number in Champions League last year. They were the one team that seemed to have real success against Man City. So 
Um, I'm excited about the possibilities. Um, who's your favorite player? Are you serious? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to at least throw the question out there. What if you I was like s- Bobby Firmino? He's my second favorite. Uh, yeah, it's Mo Salah. I love him. I love him so much. Why? Because he's just this bundle of joy. You know why I think I love him so much is because, like like I said, I've been half in the water of being a Liverpool fan for a while. Last year was the year that I got hooked in. Mm-hmm. Like, it got its hooks in me. And I think it's because of Mo. And so once I saw this guy who was this... The way he played, he was aggressive. He was he scored these goals that were incredible to watch, um, and I just found myself not thinking like, "Oh, I've got to, I've got to wake up and watch the game." It was like, "What time's the game on?" I'm up. Like I was excited, and I don't know. It's it's as a sports fan. I mean, obviously, all sports are different, but you know that moment when a sport or a an athlete hooks you. It's a cool feeling, and I haven't really felt it in a while because I've had the same teams for so long so you don't normally have in the later years in your life a new that feeling you get when you connect to a team for the first time and I got to experience that through Mo and so that's why I'll always love him we were talking before this about I interviewed Mo Salah earlier this year and he is as nice as advertised as you would expect Um, someday Someday, Someday. it sounds like you still need to make a pilgrimage to Anfield. I have not been to Anfield. That is on my list of, it's like top of my list of things to do. I I mean, like, I have yet to be there either, which is sort of embarrassing, considering I've covered soccer for the last 20 years. You've been-ish, though. I've never even been to England. That's bad. That is bad, It's very, very bad. Very bad. I stay home and play video games. I need to get out. Well, I look forward to a special edition of your show when you actually <sighs> take this big budget trip that would be amazing. to England. And I'm sure they would hook you up with like everybody there. Salah, Firmino, probably Jurgen Klopp. Those guys would love to talk oh to you. Oh my God. But I don't think I could talk to Jurgen. <laughs> I would be so <laughs> nervous. Like a few people don't make me nervous that much, but like I met Belichick once and I didn't know what to say because I was so nervous. <laughs> And I think if I were in the same room as Jurgen, I would be so freaked out. He is um, wonderful. He seems like the anti-Belichick. He seems so, like really I know, friendly. I like know, but it's still like... just intimidation. I know it's two different, you're absolutely right, two different ends of the spectrum, but there's still just the respect I have for their coaching and yeah. just their, like, I don't know. Jurgen is, so, what a guy. So many <laughs> gifts of him. So, those teeth, the fist pumps, oh. So what have you learned about Liverpool fans? Because every club sort of has a a reputation or a description or a type. And they're not always, you know, that hard and fast. But like, what have you learned about Liverpool fans? I um I'm still learning some of the songs. Okay. But I've I I my experience with Liverpool fans, because I'll wake up for those seven AM games. If I'm getting up at seven, I'm going to a bar. Mm-hmm. And there's a bar that shows the games. Nothing like early drinking. I think it's the 11th Street Bar is what it's called. And uh-huh. yeah, you can drink. They serve <laughs> beer at 7. There's a woman that comes there. She's like in her pajamas. She gets her beer and she sits right in front of the big screen. Um, <laughs> Liverpool fans are awesome. They're nice. They're fun. They're friendly. As soon as they recognize, maybe it's just because um, I'm thinking of the fans in America. And there aren't that many in terms of other sports, there aren't that many like English Premier League fans in America. So I think maybe when you find another Liverpool f- 
fan, you just get excited that they support your team. Right. Um, but from what I've found, they're wonderful. Is there a stereotype I should know about? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think... In, Are they aggressive? And stereotypes can be positive. I mean, like... Right. If, I, I, my experience with Liverpool fans is that... Uh, as opposed to like Chelsea fans are like a very sort of can be a very sort of posh West London mm-hmm. crowd. They mm-hmm. also have another group that's pretty rough. Um, Liverpool fans seem a little more working class. Yeah. Um, you know, Liverpool itself sees itself as a different type of city maybe than the rest of England. Mm. They're a port. And so they're, they, I actually asked people about it when I visited this year um, and didn't go to Anfield. Um, and, <laughs> you beat yourself up about yeah, that all exactly. day now. <laughs> um, but like they feel like they, at a time of Brexit and, and stuff like that, oh, that yeah. Liverpool is more open. Its people are more open to the world because they're a port city. Which interesting. Which I thought was interesting. Huh. That's a good thing to be. Open yeah, to the open world. Open to the world is a great thing to be. You know? Um, so I collect uniform soccer shorts i don't collect shirts okay because you want to be different i want to be kind of different i also am a grown man and so like (laughs) i have sometimes an issue with uh with wearing like the shirts but the shorts you can work out in yeah i got me a pair of liverpool shorts congratulations you know how are they how do they feel uh they're great yeah you know like soccer uniform shorts are not too short like running yeah they're like the nice length too long like basketball shorts right so so where do these rank on the shorts you wear when you work out your liver pretty high yeah like two or three red okay i like that too that's nice yeah that is a we're big into that just throwing that out there yeah i should get some shorts um now soccer fans in america it's not great it's not i want to ask you about this because (laughs) there's like there's two types of Soccer fans in the U.S., at least two, but two that stand out to me are the, when they find out that someone who does what you do mm-hmm. in all types of sports, that you're into soccer, there's a bit of a, please like my sport, mm-hmm. and get, they get really excited when, okay, you know what, I love soccer. And then there's the other group uh-huh. that is like, I followed this band when nobody knew about them, and they got, you know, they, they were playing in basements, and now that... It's more popular. All of you new people kind of suck. Mm-hmm. No, it's not kind of suck. You are putting that in much nicer terms <laughs> than the internet does. Yeah, soccer fans are part of the reason I've always just, if I were getting into soccer, wouldn't really talk about it. I still don't really ever talk about it on TV or on my podcast because like I was saying to you before we started, I was like, I'm new here and I recognize that I'm new here and I'm still learning. I'm not an expert. And you kind of alluded to like I it my job is weird in that I'm supposed to know about every sport all the time. And I personally, Katie Nolan, am comfortable being like, I don't know, I didn't watch every single game. I also had to go to work and write this monologue and uh, shower at some point. Like, I cannot watch. So there is this weird expectation. And so I find that if you avoid talking about one sport in particular, then you at least aren't held to this standard where you need to be perfect all the time. And so I'm not ready yet for the vitriol that will come my way if I start to talk about soccer. But what I am totally comfortable doing is letting people on the internet know like 
I tweet out a gif every time yeah. Salah scores because I get excited because I love him. So like I am watching, but I, I really don't talk about it that much. And partially it's because of you know what I just said, but it's also partially because some soccer fans get very, very angry. My feeling is that we all should be very welcoming to people who want to learn more about the sport, especially here in the U.S., because we want the sport to get bigger here. It needs to get bigger right? here. I'd like us to go to a World Cup. Well, the women are next. Summer. Oh yeah, I know. They're we never have to worry about them. It's such a such a metaphor. You never got to worry about the women. They're fine, but the men. Man, the World Cup was such a bummer this year. It was. Um, you know, uh, I just gave you a copy of my book that I think ten people bought. I'm going to read it. Came it. out right before the World Cup that the U.S. It. was not involved in. But oh, I hope you enjoy that it. probably affects your it life. It affects sales mm, a little bit, but yeah. I've sort of washed my hands of it a little out of my control. Yeah. The people on the internet actually blame me in part for the uh, oh. uh, for the U.S. failing to qualify. Oh. It's probably some of the same people that have issues with with some me of the things talking you about say. soccer. Yeah. Um, the internet's a fun, beautiful place <laughs> full of lovely people with valid opinions. <laughs> but what's interesting here is the other group is like, please like my sport. We act, That group actually doesn't need to do that with you because you already like the sport. Yeah. And I also, I'm curious about it. I want to know more. Like the thing that always confused me, one of the barriers to getting into like European soccer specifically was that. There were these two leagues and then this other league and these games were going on at the same time. And I was like, what? I don't understand it. Right. Relegation, promotion. There was so much happening. And I, it just, to me, felt like, you know what? I will get to that later in life when I'm ready, when I have time. Right. I will retire to interest in soccer. Um, but then, you know, you do find some fans that are just so excited and are so genuinely they believe so much in what a great sport and what a great system it all is that they're excited to tell you, no, 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 here's how that works. And here's why that's great. And here's what American sports could learn from from this league and from that. So uh, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of people that are willing to teach yeah. uh, because I never played soccer. Oh, wow. Weirdly enough, all like little girls played soccer. All right. my friends played soccer. I played softball. Oh. And danced. So uh, I never played soccer. I have no, I was going to say hands-on experience, but <laughs> you're not allowed to use your hands. That's what they tell me. Uh, so I never played. So I never really had this entry point. My family could not care less about soccer. So I never really had anyone showing me the way. If and now I've got a bunch of people. The whole internet wants to tell me what to do. It's great. <laughs> so just based on what you've seen, because you, you watch a lot of soccer, it sounds like now, um, what do you like? What are the things you like about the sport? What are some things that it's okay to say? There are some things that you might change, or the things you don't like as much. Let me really give a, a thoughtful answer here. What do I like about the sport? Um, I I kind of like, especially in comparison to American sports, the way that refs can talk to uh, mm -hmm. to players, and that players can talk to like they get kind of into it with each <laughs> other. And sometimes you see the officials like. I don't know. They just do things that you wouldn't normally see in like a football game, uh, American football. So I think that's funny and interesting. I'd put microphones on them. I want to hear them talk. I want to hear what they're saying to yeah. each other. Uh, I'm still getting used to understanding the penalty system. I think there's a couple times where I, I've felt like things are a really bad call. But again, I don't know well enough. But it does seem a little arbitrary sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is that a bad assessment? No. So if you're talking about um, like fouls in general, yeah, 
Yeah, in like yellow cards and what qualifies yes. for a yellow card or a red card. Yeah, like I'll try to be like, oh, that's going to be a yellow and it'll be a red. And I'll be like, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, there's specific like wording in the the law book, actually. That's another thing soccer people will say. It's not the rules, it's the laws. Oh, God. Um, you guys have to have different words for everything. It's not a jersey, <laughs> it's a shirt. It's not a rule, it's a law. It's I'm, not a game, it's a match. Well, it's not a field, it's a pitch. I am wide open on that as well. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call the sport whatever you want. Football, okay. soccer. There's a million other names. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to get caught up on that stuff. But I think you're right. I mean, like, even though there are, like, specific wordings and laws for what should constitute a yellow or a red card, it's pretty arbitrary sometimes. Yeah. And then you've got cases in some countries where, like, refs are on the take. Like, literally. Oh, like Don't love Tim that. Donahue's all over the world. Not great. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you wonder a little right. bit. Well, and speaking of arbitrary, I know this is the uh, the most basic of complaints, but like the extra time, it's it's just someone says a number, so and everyone's like at the end of the yeah. At the end of the someone's game, like yeah. sure that'll be the number we go with. It's a weird thing. It is. It's fine. I'm used to it by now. But it is a weird thing. We're like, eh, it's going to be five. They actually, and no one goes, no, no, it should be six. But they actually made it more transparent. Like a few years ago, they only then started announcing that it's going How to be five. How much it was going to be? Before, it was Whoa, anybody's that, guess. And the referee could that. just blow the whistle whenever nope, he wanted. Not into that. So. I do wish the, uh, was it, oh, maybe this was a, too specific of a complaint. I went to a, um, an MLS match this year. And the clock doesn't run in in the extra time, so I could not tell where we no. were in the game. But that's I think that's just a specific MLS, maybe even just like a Yankee Stadium complaint. So I'll put that back in my pocket. I have a funny story to tell you. So a couple of years ago, in my mercifully short career as a sideline reporter for mm-hmm. Fox Sports, which I did you like it? I wasn't terrible, but I just didn't. It just felt like so much time and effort went into it, and it's then I, hard. I was on for a grand total of like sixty seconds. People don't think it's hard. <laughs> I did it barely, not even, it doesn't count, but I did it for the, when the women did the, when they won the World Cup and they did the parade. I was like sideline reporting the parade. That was really cool though. But it was hard. Like you've got to prepare what you're going to say. You've got to talk to people. You've got to be on your spot in time for your hit. But everyone's like sideline reporting so easy. Yeah. I didn't like it. It's really not easy. Uh, And I have great respect for any of the people who do it and do it really well. Um, But I got assigned to do a game at Yankee Stadium, like an NYCFC game. And this was when you were at Fox. And I was told that I might be asked to speak to you at one point during the game. Now, as I was told... I wasn't even there, I don't think. I don't think you ended up being that you weren't there, but... Huh. I didn't know that when they spoke to me. And oh so I was God. also told that you're going to be hanging out with fans. And I was supposed to, this was going to be at halftime. And I was supposed to keep an eye, just just to sort of assess quickly how much has Katie had to drink with these fans before. No way! <laughs> I'm trying to think of when this was, because who would have told you? And was I supposed to go? And then I was notified that like you weren't there. And, and so I was just like, okay. Oh man, I'm sorry. We Drunk missed, Katie Watch would have been fun we for you. Potentially a great moment in TV history. Yeah, actually, when you in like one of your few moments on the sideline, <laughs> and me one of my few moments of drunkness. It would have been amazing. That is so funny. It's like you need to be ready to do it, but also make sure she's not too hammered. My response was, "How am I supposed to tell if she's had too much to drink?" That's a great. That's how I know I'm doing it right because you won't know. <laughs> I could go on TV drunk. And no one, no one knows any better. 
Wow, that sure is something. I had quite an experience with drunk soccer fans. World Cup, what World Cup? Two World Cups ago? So we were in it, I think. Um, But we, uh, Germany played, I want to say Belgium, but I don't remember. And a German fan kissed me on TV. Oh, seriously? Ugh. Where was it? Ugh, it was at a bar in... uh, in Manhattan, like downtown somewhere. That sucks. Yeah. They're just, they do that though. There was a bunch of headlines like that during this year's World right. Cup of soccer fans running in and kissing a reporter. Tell all your people, cut that out. Yeah. Cut it's it actually out, happened a lot a to lot. women I know who do sideline work in Latin countries. Yeah. Uh, and Stop doing it. Yeah. So when I, I did a thing back when I did sideline stuff, uh, I covered the Euro in 2012 in Poland and we weren't a rights holder, so I literally like couldn't even be in the stadium. I was like a mi- like not oh, a mile, away, like you know a quarter mile away. Yeah. It's like drunk fans are coming out of the stadium, and I'm supposed to give a report. Now nobody tried to kiss me, so that's one thing. But they would get in your face yeah. while you're trying to actually give a report. I don't know how you get them to stop, but we got to think of a way. Yeah, because they're fired up, man. My my response was, don't be a sideline reporter. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good. That's probably a good answer. Don't do. Don't ever go live from the field. <laughs> so forget about soccer for a second here. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. I love it so much. <laughs> I really like your show. Thank you. Um, there's 11 episodes now. Yeah. Um, what have been some of the things on it that you have enjoyed the most? Ooh. So far? Oh boy. Okay. So the the biggest one, I broke a Guinness World Record. Um, it was for donuts stacked blindfolded in a minute. It was a real curveball because I'd been practicing for donuts stacked in a minute. The record for that was 12, so I would have had to do 13. Um, but there, we found out there's like a ton of little rules in the Guinness rule book, I guess, or maybe the law book, uh, (laughs) where you have to, the donuts have to be a certain like circumference and weight and it's very specific. And so we found out as we were filming and we have a live audience for the show, which I love having. They're great. Um, We found out right before we filmed it that three of our donuts were non-compliant. So we had (laughs) 10 donuts and I was like, we don't have enough to break the record. I'm not going to be able to do this. We told the people we had the Guinness woman there. And so then we found out there was a record for donuts stacked blindfolded. And it was only, I want to say six or seven. Um, so I could do that one as long as we could find a blindfold. So we did. It was very stressful. Uh, I almost didn't get it, but I got it. That was definitely my, <laughs> one of my favorite moments from the show. Uh, we've also done, um, well, we talked about the WNBA and the NBA and the the uh, percentage of the pie that they get of the revenue. Um, and that video on YouTube has a whole bunch of very happy men who don't care about the WNBA letting me know just how much they don't care. Uh, and I've gotten some beautiful fan mail from those fans as well. Uh, but to be honest, that was one of the most like well-researched um, and I think like well-written things mm-hmm. that might that the team has done like we worked really hard on that because I gave them the speech that I like you work for you've all worked in shows all my producers have all worked on shows I'm like I don't know if you've all worked on shows hosted by a woman you're just going to be held to a different standard when it comes to talking about women's sports or a women's issue we cannot slip up on those we cannot make a silly mistake we have to be buttoned up and they took it very seriously and so we we really did do a great job. Now the internet will tell you otherwise, but I am proud of that video. Um, 
And then, you know, last week or two weeks ago, we started a feud between Jimmy Kimmel and Wayne Newton <laughs> because, you know, the Oakland Raiders eventually are going to move to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought they should learn lessons from teams that have either been in Las Vegas, like the Golden Knights, or moved in the NFL. So the uh, the Chargers and the um, Rams. Mm-hmm. So we taught them these lessons. And the one of the lessons was... You need like a celebrity fan because you're going to need a big fan base. And so we tried to pick a celebrity fan for them. We were between Wayne Newton and Jimmy Kimmel because Kimmel's from Vegas. Mm -hmm. And then Wayne Newton sent a video of him saying why he should be the fan and why Jimmy Kimmel sucks. And in it, I don't know if you can curse on this podcast. He calls himself Wayne motherfucking Newton. (laughs) I'm telling you, when that video came through, it was like right before the show, I stood up at my desk and just screamed with excitement. I could not believe it. It was beautiful. So anyway, we have a great show. That's fantastic. Wayne (laughs) Newton is one of those people that I'm glad is still alive because if you had told me before your show, like I would not have known. Wouldn't have, same with like Regis Philbin. <laughs> I constantly am checking up on Regis Philbin, just Googling, still with us, question mark. And he is, which is great. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. What a man. But he's like 80 something. He's up there. So what goes into like, pr- like putting a show together? Because it seems like it's once a week. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. It's so, it's, I, I think about this all the time. How is it this much work? Like, it's once a week. People do it every day. But somehow, this once a week show is a lot of work. And I think it's because, you know, when you've got a show every day, usually it's multiple people um, together hosting. So you can just, like, pick topics. What's important in those is just picking topics. And then you're talking about them. And you can slip up because you don't have all the information in the world. For us, when we've got a week, I feel like it's our job and it's our duty to provide more than what you would get on a daily show because if we're making a daily show right. once a week it's no one's going to want to watch that that's so, pressure though yeah it's a lot of pressure and i'm also trying to you've got to consume what other people are saying about these stories so that you know that you're not saying the same thing and you're saying something that's the next step of that story um it's also difficult for us on a very specific level because our control room is based in bristol so when it Mm. comes to elements which our show has a lot of which are like pictures videos any of that we've got to send that to bristol and then bristol has to download it into their thing and then they have to put so we have like a long lead time so whereas i'd love to finish writing the script and step onto set and go um we've got to finish the script almost on like Tuesday so that we can have all the elements prepped for Wednesday so then I spend Wednesday being like did anything happen did anything change do we need to update anything um but it's a I mean it's a lot of work we have an amazing team we have a a a great group of people that we spent months I interview I hate hiring people I hate firing people um I hate all of it and so we spent a very long time picking this team and I I I crushed it I just got the best people (laughs) Uh, and so we're having fun, but yeah, right now we're still 11 episodes in. We're at the point where we're like, okay, this should be getting easier. So what little things can we put into place to make it easier? Um, but I mean, it's been fun. We set a world record. What more could you ask for? How do we get more soccer in? All right. Good question. I I would like to, I I presume to speak on behalf of all soccer people nationwide, because some of these people, as we've described them actually aren't people that we would want to associate with. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm hearing that you kind of are a little hesitant Very. to put soccer in there yeah. because 
of potential responses. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how we can maybe get you in a better frame of mind. Well, see, what's really smart, the angle to play here, is uh, there's a lot of soccer content on Plus. So if we're yes. getting people that are signing up for Plus and they're seeing our show and they see that, oh, they did soccer on this show, I'll watch it. So that's actually a very smart strategy for us that I should probably be considering. What kind of soccer content, like what's a funny soccer segment that you would love to see but nobody that covers soccer is funny and therefore it never happens? That's a good question. I mean, you actually did cite a couple of things. I remember seeing the Las Vegas Lights uh, money drop where they dropped cash yeah, they did from do that. the helicopter onto the field, mm-hmm. which seemed like a really bad Dumb idea, idea. <laughs> but an idea yeah um you know like there's always stuff crazy stuff happening in soccer um that is either crazy good sometimes or crazy bad sometimes yeah um and so i'm sure that there are things that you could get in there all right the, toward the front or if you want to like devote a whole episode to going to anfield oh okay i'm in <laughs> Should have done it this weekend. But I'm in. Um, we are wrapping up here in one second. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, the Women's World Cup is next summer. Mm-hmm. and You see Sydney LaRue's pregnant again? She is. And <gasps> very happy for her. Me too, but Dom I miss Dwyer. her. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's not playing as much. I know. Uh, which, you know, if you're pregnant, I understand. <laughs> Do um, you? <laughs> well, I at least sort of understand. <laughs> I know the feeling, you know, I can't. Uh... But one thing I love about covering soccer in America is that women's sports are a huge part of it. Mm. And I mean, I have no problem saying this. The U.S. women's team has better interviews, more interesting personalities than on the men's side here and, and maybe that'll change over time but it's pretty hard to top this this group of u.s women um who of the u.s players you mentioned sydney larue who, who of the u.s women's players do you really find yourself liking all of them i i wouldn't lie to you i know that sounds like such an, a dumb answer honestly all of them because they're all so different but they're all different and good i would say sydney is the most or maybe hope or the most like not perfectly nice all the time but that's i don't have a problem with that i'm not perfectly nice all the time they're the closest thing we have to like a like non-media friendly and it's just because like sydney makes sarcastic jokes and you know hope is hope but like all of them they're, they they and they have this extra burden too where they have to speak on you know issues about pay and all that that men don't have to worry about and so like it's this extra burden they have and they carry it so flawlessly i've i thought the same thing whenever i i met all of the all of them was like wow you guys are really good at this like you you should just be able to be good at soccer that should be your thing you're good at but somehow they've all also they're all also good at talking to people and advocating for their sport and promoting it and being friends with each other and getting fans interested like women's soccer fans are some of the most passionate people i've ever met oh yeah like they are they're they're great they're fantastic and i think it's because you see these women and they seem like they're friends and they bring you in and they you they really make you want to root for them and they really do seem to have like a social consciousness too i mean whether it's megan rapino 
you know, being an ally with Kaepernick and taking a knee mm-hmm. and dealing with some of the blowback that came with that. Or Abby Wambach was on the podcast recently and she's retired oh, now, her. but she is on the war path in, in a good way um, where she was telling stories about, uh, you know, she was on stage at the ESPYs the year she retired with like Peyton Manning and I think Kobe Bryant. And she was standing up there and said that while she was there, she was literally thinking these guys don't have to work a day in the rest of their lives. And I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be changed. Not just for me, obviously, but for all of women in sports. Yeah. Um, so they're crushing it, though. Yeah. They're doing their their damnedest to set every woman up to be in a better position going forward. And I love them for it. They're so great. They're so nice. Yeah, no, I'm really fired up for the. World I like Cup to call summer. them my friends, um, <laughs> but I know, like, out of respect for them, I won't. Um, but like in my head, these are all my best friends because they're so. They make you feel that way. You meet them once, and then you're like, "Oh, cool, best friends." I'll text you. The show is always late with Katie Nolan. It's on ESPN Plus. You should already know about it. You should, but. If you don't, now you do. And when you're watching your Italian league soccer game on ESPN Plus or your MLS game or your minor league soccer games, you can find every soccer game in the world basically on ESPN Plus. Look at like the main page on ESPN Plus. Katie Show is there. Look at the main page. Scroll to the bottom. And then down in the corner, you'll see little old me. (laughs) Katie Nolan, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Katie Nolan as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. And check out the 30-minute Planet Football video show hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on SI.TV, Amazon Channels, and Fubo TV. See you next time. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.